This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 18, Part 2 Edgar sat on the edge of his chair to listen to the old woman's tale of long ago. "'Twas the summer of ninety-three. Letty had been conjuring for some time by then. A bad influenza epidemic had hit these parts, and old Letty, she saw it coming. One night, we all sitting around the fire. Out of nowhere, this old hound starts baying at the moon. Well, Letty, she perked up like she seen something the rest of us didn't. I said, Letty, what y'all doing?' And she said, I'm waiting for it. I say, waiting for what? And she say, if a dog turns on his back and howls, tis a sure sign of death. No sooner did she say them words, when sure enough, the old hound, he start rolling around with his belly to the moon. That same dog dropped dead before my very eyes. Some folks say there ain't no such thing as ghosts, but I know otherwise. There's good haints and bad. That's when we knew Kifo was coming upon us. Edgar stopped writing. Kifo? he asked. Oh, he come by way of many names. Baron Samdi, brother dead. Hit us hard that summer. Eddie's eyes widened as Eudosia continued her story. I had a younger brother once. Ezra was his name. He was the strongest, healthiest man I ever did know. One day, my brud was digging graves for the bodies with stacking up. Three days later, we were burying him, too. Can you imagine that? My little brother, the picture of health, was digging his own grave, didn't even know it. Oh, yes, death was upon us that summer. Doctors say that flu claimed 500 souls in three weeks' time. A wind kicked up the flames in the fireplace. 500 people in three weeks, Eddie repeated. That's 500 white folk, Eddie. Doctors don't much count but the white folk in their newspapers. I'm telling you, that flu was far worse than 500. I'm sorry, replied Eddie. Oh, child, that ain't even the story, she continued. So right in the thick of this epidemic, my teacher Letty, she delivered a baby at the cabins. "'Twas the first baby born here in some time. "'Everyone was celebrating. "'We took it as a sign that things were turning around. "'A white light, so to speak. "'So when that little baby took ill and died, "'well, it was a sad day indeed. "'That poor mother was wailing in agony "'each and every night for a fortnight. "'Then we find her wandering around in the fields at night, "'saying she heard her baby crying.' But like I said, ain't no other baby around these parts. Folks thought she was plumb crazy with grief. But then, other folks started hearing that baby wail in the night, too. Tingles crawled up Edgar's arm. Did you hear it, unto you? Indeed, I did. Couple of times, as a matter of fact, we all did. It was something to give you the shivers. Folks come out of their cabins asking one another, did they hear it? Blaming it on one another as a prank? Torrent no prank, Edgar. We knew that the moment we were all standing there together and heard it on the porch. We all heard it at the same time. Uh, maybe it was an animal, Eddie offered. Torrent no animal, Eddie. Twas the baby's lost souls what it was. 
A shadow in the corner caught Eddie's eye. His imagination went wild. The fire crackled. The calico cat on the hearth purred. Did anyone go looking for it? The ghost of the child, I mean? Land, no. Would you? Letty always say if you hear a voice call you, and you're not sure it's really from this world, do not go answering, because it could be your own spirit calling out. And if that be the case, then you're just inviting in old brother dead. Yudoja waited for Eddie to finish writing before she continued. Well, long about this time, Letty is summoned in to help the family of this poor, distraught mother. One night, she took them black cat bones, wrapped them up in a blanket towards the babies. Then long after we all go to bed, Letty sat on the porch, humming a lullaby, rocking that blanket of bones to and fro. Them ghostly cries got louder and louder, like they was coming closer to the cabin. Folks were petrified, and rightly so. I know I was. No one went outside. Only Letty was out there, all the while singing that lullaby. Well, cries got so loud we started covering our ears in agony. And just then, when we thought we'd see Brother Dead himself, it all stopped dead silent. The room was eerily quiet. Clutching it tightly to contain his fright, Eddie's pencil broke in two. Already he had filled a thickness of his notebook, and yet he had so many more questions. Then Letty communicated with the spirit directly. Nah, she was just the vessel. T'were them bones that did it. Eager to calm his anxious heart, Eddie switched subjects. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between Letty and Juliet's mother, Judith? I've heard that Letty's root work got in the way of their relationship. Is that true? Eddie immediately regretted the prying question. Got in the way? Ruined it is what it is. Letty and Judith never did see eye to eye, especially on Conjuring. Old Letty wanted to share her secrets more than anything with her only daughter. Judith wanted no part of it. Called it sacrilege in the name of God. Girl had a mind of her own. See her real pap come from up in the main house. And Judith always thought of herself as being a little different from the rest of us. Had ideas of getting married, being emancipated. Damn fool girl. Mother and daughter, they had words. Next thing you know, Judith starts working in town. This long about when Juliet was born. Letty never really got to know her own granddaughter. Broke Letty's heart, too. Not to have her kin around no more. I think that's what finally did her in. Healing all manner of people. And in the end, she could not mend her own family. But Letty did practice the dark art of these bokors, right? Nah. Had a heart of gold, that one did. She was good people, Letty. Didn't have that bad juju in her at all. Can't say that about everyone, though. All I know is once you open up that Pandora's box, there ain't no going back. This is so helpful, Auntie you. Thank you, said Eddie. I just have a few more questions. Can Opia work on anyone? Ideas is a mighty powerful thing, Eddie. You tell a man he's going to lose money, and he's going to lose it. You tell a woman her sick child needs a potion, and she'll do just about anything to get her hands on that medicine. But you mark my words, boy. Everything comes with a price. 
Maybe that's why I don't go messing with all that magic. There's a price to pay for everything. It scares me too much. Indeed, I've seen some strange things in my day. The old woman continued to stare hauntingly into the fire. I've seen things move across the table. I've seen a flame rise up upon a spell. She lowered her voice to a near whisper. And the worst of it, I've seen the dead come back proper, not just as a ghost. Eddie stopped writing once again, this time mid-sentence, and looked up. Oh yes, tis true. This white lady come from the city. She was in terrible sorrow. Her husband died in the War of Independence. Couldn't let it go. She begged Letty to bring him back. Begged her, I say. But Letty knew she wasn't that powerful. So she called on that man what I told you about earlier. But Letty was sorry she did so. She and I took that bow cord to the house where the man was lying in wait. Coughing right there in the parlor. He did his magic. And then, just like that, the white man opened up his eyes right there in that little glass window in the coffin. Well, his wife, she started crying and hugging on him. Only he don't say a blessed word. Not a spark of life left in him at all. It was as if he had one foot in this world and one in the beyond. That's when I learned it just ain't the same when they come back. Eddie shuffled his papers nervously, trying to shake the image of the dead coming back as a reanimated corpse. I, yes, about that, he said. I wanted to ask you about the stories they used to tell here when you would take care of me. Many of those stories had to do with ghosts and spirits. Do you remember? Do I remember? Fools used to try and scare you, children. You was just a little bitty thing, you know. They'd be telling tales about animals when I left to fetch something. When I come back, it's all ghosts and wickedness. Children must be protected from such things. Filling your little heads with haints and boo hags. Eddie interrupted. Juliet said the exact same thing. She thought it was cruel to scare us. But I believe those stories helped me understand what lies ahead after death. Yes, of course, they were scary. But there was also something about them that made me feel like my mother, my real mother, was nearby. I saw a tombstone once that read, If they are with him and he is with us, they are not far away. Thanks to those old fables, I felt that way about my mother. Auntie, you responded, I always said the dead is to be respected just the same as the living. Eddie agreed, Yes, ma'am. He looked at his brass timepiece and realized he should be getting back. He threw another log on the fire for the old woman, thanked her, and began to gather his things. You cannot know how much I appreciate this, Auntie You. Juliet will, too. She'd like to know more about her family. She's sad she wasn't able to spend more time with you as a child, also. I promised her that whatever I've learned here tonight remains in my trust forever, just between you and me, and maybe Juliet. You always were a good kid, Eddie. It's sure nice to see you again. And y'all tell Juliet her basket is much appreciated. How's my girl, anyway? Been a long time since I seen her. She's doing well, he said, opening his satchel. She's my best friend. I tell her everything. She's still dreaming about moving overseas, trying to get free. Girl's got a dose of her mama in her yet. What's that? He asked, still stuffing his satchel. You know, that new colony they build in for freed men and women of color. The one she's always going on about. New colony, he wondered. Then the epiphany hit him and hit him hard.
Monrovia? She wants to move to Monrovia? He blurted out. The two remained in awkward silence as Yudoja realized her mistake. Oh my, she froze. She ain't told you. Well, I've been quite busy as of late. I'm sure it just escaped her, Eddie lied. We haven't had the opportunity to share anything of a private nature in some time. I can assure you it will be a favor that you fill me in so that she doesn't have to. After all, you've been so kind to share so much tonight. Eddie read the deliberation on the old woman's face, followed by rationale and finally trust. Course what I know is hearsay. I ain't seen Juliet in many moons, but Dabney keep me up on her. He says she keep talking about this new colony, the one President Monroe is creating. Says folks up in Washington City are establishing a place on the coast for those a free issue. Dabney says Juliet's got it in her mind to get herself one of those self-purchases and get her papers. Says she's going to start anew. Can't say I blame the girl. Ain't no lie for her here in Virginia. The pain of Juliet's betrayal sank in. Why hadn't she told him? Didn't she trust him? Eddie recalled Yadoja's description of the black cat being killed. Now it was his turn to be tortured alive. Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars, and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.